0: number one overall pick is on the move but we have six different nfl teams all season previews to cover today welcome on into the wise guys podcast this is episode number 84 bc i didn't expect these carolina panthers to make the move they just did but here we are today the number one overall pick is going to frank reich and now for the chicago bears they move back to the back and the top 10 with the ninth overall selection
1: Amen. they took their shot uh we're going to talk about it in a few seconds, but I'm feeling good. Episode number 84. Shout out uh, Randy Moss back on the Vikings. I'm ready to do this. Uh, I enjoyed Randy, uh, Scream. I, what, what was that? Randy's Randy. back with the Vikes? No, he was 84 on the Vikings.
0: Oh, I thought you'd say sign with the Vikings.
1: Like a no, our serious <laughs> coach. Old ass red. Terrell Owens might, but not Randy. Uh, but I enjoyed Scream 6. I got my little guy here. I'm a degenerate. I bought the collector's cup and I got my little topper. I might actually go see it again today, but I'm ready to talk some football. So let's get into it, John.
0: Let's start off. So the Chicago Bears are getting the ninth overall pick along with the 61st. They're also getting the Panthers 2024 first round pick and their 2025 second. And DJ Moore, who last year had a down season. I think the Bears realize one fact, and it's that Justin Fields going to his third season starts their contention window now and it sounds crazy for a team that lost 10 straight games to end last season but for the bears they already have the offense in place they won the most explosive rushing attacks an above average offensive line which we didn't expect around here and now you put in dj moore a top 12 top 15 receiver and it comes down to that defense with a defensive minded head coach next year to take a big step forward
1: So uh, what are you asking me? What's the question?
0: So there's no question per se, but do you think the Bears get a home run here of a return, given they were probably not going to take a quarterback anyways?
1: Yeah, seeing the, uh, you know, what played out, like they weren't going to take a quarterback, like you said, I, I, I tweeted immediately when I saw this, Chicago, you know, hit a home run, like you said. They, they, they won this deal. I mean, they got a really good draft haul. And and, and I, I like that they just got a lot of draft capital for that. And then on Carolina side, man, I'm 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 not liking this move at all. I mean, I guess th- this is this is what I could say for it, right? If you if because Carolina is probably this person, their executives are these people. If you believe in a CJ Stroud. Or Bryce Young, which I'm guessing are the two guys that they are eyeballing. I think they're the only two guys that you would see this type of jump up to, to trade up for. If you And I think it's more C.J. Stroud, if I'm not mistaken. If you look at the betting odds when they traded it up, it like skyrocketed to C.J. Stroud being the favorite, which I'm not surprised for. He's got the prototypical height and everything from a quarterback. Bryce Young is dealing with the, the, the height issues and whatnot. So, in Carolina's point of view, they're like, if we believe in the quarterback, we believe he's the one. We did a great job, and we made a great move. But from the outside looking in, for me, I don't believe in these quarterbacks in this draft class. I'm not very high on uh, any of them, really. So, I don't really like the move. I, I, I don't. I think they, they gave up too much. Just like, and and then there's rumors, John, that they, they might trade back. They might trade down. Like, what?
0: I've never heard it.
1: Why not just trade for the second or third overall pick then? Like, why are you going all the way to? Oh.
0: Well, they're leaking that to gain leverage. Look, I mostly come away at the standpoint: The Panthers overpaid for the first overall pick, but this is the type of return. And in my eyes, next year would be the type of quarterback class to make this type of move because Caleb Williams and Drake May, two sophomores who lit up this past season, have even better better physical traits and even more upside than that of a C.J. Stroud. But to be honest with you, B.C., I think that the Panthers might hit some people here with a little left hook upper jab by taking Anthony Richardson with the first overall pick because let's be honest, he has the highest upside out of all of these quarterbacks athletically. C.J. Stroud, though, let's not get it twisted, he has the highest floor. And so given Frank Reich in Indianapolis had eight different starting quarterbacks in five seasons, I can fully understand him making this move saying, okay, let me get someone who's young and got a high ceiling or high, high floor. But on that rookie deal, he can make a huge difference for me on day one. He can come in and start right away. That's why I think the favorite should be CJ Stroud by a landslide. And truth be told, I I think they're more likely to take Anthony Richardson with this pick than
1: they are to take Bryce Young. Nah, I, I don't see Anthony Richardson being, but that's, that's too much. Um, that's way too much. Yeah, no, no, not with Anthony Richardson.
0: He has the highest.
1: I know, team. I know the athleticism, but he also has the highest chance of his career being the shortest because of the style he plays. This like is the first seen.
0: overall pick. In the history of teams trading up for a first round pick of a quarterback, they only come out with two different standpoints. They're either incredibly happy they did it because they got a franchise quarterback, or they're incredibly disappointed. The yeah. last team that trade up for a quarterback was the 49ers in Trey 2021 Lans. when they got Trey Lance with the third overall selection. It's not
1: looking good so far. Not looking great, clearly.
0: The I mean, we haven't guy, seen a
1: lot, but it, it's just not looking good from what we've seen.
0: 2020, the Green Bay Packers moved up four spots to 26 to get Jordan Love. To be dated. 2019, yeah, we the Jets moved up three spots to get Sam Darnold. Yeah, That's that now. <laughs> but then the year before, the Ravens nabbed Lamar Jackson with the 32nd pick. That's an A. They just gave up two seconds to get him, and they got different themselves situation. an MVP.
1: Different, different circumstance. It because it, it's late. That's like the last. That's the last pick in the draft. It's completely different circumstance, but I, it's similar, but not not same.
0: Twenty spots before that, the Cardinals smoothed up five spots to get Josh Rose, and that's enough. And a couple spots before that, the Bills went up to get Josh Allen mm-hmm. with the seventh overall pick. The year before, Buffalo traded Kansas City. The tenth overall pick, which they then used on Patrick Mahomes. In that same draft class, the Houston Texans moved up to pick twelve, gave the Browns three first round picks, by the way, and they got Deshaun Watson.
1: John, what are what are the what are the the, the draft trades for the number one overall pick? What's the history on that? I'm trying to remember the last time somebody traded and took a quarterback.
0: The last time would be Jared Goff of memory serves when the Rams moved up, giving up Two firsts, two seconds, and two more picks to move up 14 spots, and Jared Goff was obviously a pretty average return, I would say,
1: for the number one overall pick. Yeah, if he was like a second or third, he would have, he would, that would have been great. You would have been like, oh wow, look at that. Uh, But when you're when you get traded up for it, and you're the number one overall pick, yeah, he is. He's not lived up to the expectations. It's kind of like what I say about Alex Smith.
0: <laughs> the other quarterback was Robert Griffin, who was taken at the second overall yes. pick. But in many draft classes, RG3 would have went number one overall, I think. And he was yeah. rookie at the year. Yeah. Some yeah. of the other quarterbacks, BC, include Paxson Lynch, Johnny Manziel, my guy, and um, Robert, Robert Griffin, but also Teddy Bridgewater, who was another 32nd overall pick. The history shows you either love it or you hate it if you're the team that makes that move. And really, for all of these teams that move out later in the first round to get extra assets, they never really come away disappointed because they're usually not going to take a quarterback if they're in position to move back in the first place. I
1: will say this, Chicago for this year didn't get that much of a... I mean, they got a second... Well, I guess not getting a first-round pick this year, too, was offset by getting DJ Moore, your number one receiver. So I guess that that's fair.
0: And I think with Moore... Last year he had a down season, only 800 yards. He has never had a real starting quarterback he can rely on. He barely got to play a Cam Newton. Now he gets Justin Fields. There's no more excuses for Je- uh, Justin. Quite frankly, you give him three starters, you give him an above average offensive line, and a defense that's going to have a lot of pieces invested into the defensive front. And this Bears team's in position to make it to eight or nine wins next season because DJ Moore is in the mix. And this receiving core, you could add in another receiver in the third round, and it could be one of the better ones in the NFL. I'll
1: we'll say this about Chicago, and I'm just – bear with me because I want to look up their divisional record last year. Uh, let's, okay, they were, <laughs> they were 0-6 in their division, um, Chicago was. Uh, 1-11 against the conference, lost their last 10. This is what I'm going to say. Chicago did the right thing, right? I, I like the move a lot. I-, I really still see them as the worst team in the division still. Even that I'm not and, – and, like, here's the thing, John. We, I know we've had this, this, this Jordan Love debate back and forth, but what I'm going to say is I don't think you've ever heard me say that he's trash, like he's garbage. I've always just come from the standpoint we don't know yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I see, like, some of our, our videos and stuff. No, people, sure are like, people are, like, telling me, like, dude, Aaron Rodgers got traded up for this. guy. I never said that that was a problem. I was just saying that we don't know what he is yet. and We got to see. He's prototypical. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got some athleticism. Uh, but I just got to see uh, consistently. I'm still going to take Green Bay over Chicago coming into the, uh, next year. I'll take, I'm taking Detroit. I think Detroit has a very live shot to win the division. Agreed. Uh, and then I still think Minnesota is still a player, even though we all know that they're frauds. They're still a good team that can rack up wins in the regular season. We know that. So I, I, Chicago is, st- they still got a lot of cap space, right? Uh, 70
0: million, if- even with E.J. Moore's 20
1: million. Yeah, because they had like 90, 95 million, I think, before that move uh so they still got an insane amount of cast face we'll see if they're players this year I don't know what the the free agency class looks like next year but this year's is is not that popping it's not like that you know like insanely like all oh, a bunch of big time players are there maybe next year is so maybe Chicago is eyeing that out we'll see how, how it plays out for Chicago but as of right now I'm a uh, great move for Chicago but you're still the, the worst team in the NFC North.
0: All right. Grading the Bears, Panthers, first overall pick trade. I'm giving the Bears an A for the return, but you have to hand those picks. That's the first thing. And for Carolina, I'm not in love with these quarterback prospects. I'm giving them a C or a B minus, quite Yeah. Right.
1: C plus to B minus. I, I like your, I, I, I would agree with both your grades. I can't hear you.
0: That could be an F if they don't hit on the quarterback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah if, they, if they do. If they make, you know, Jordan Love – not Jordan Love, sorry. If they make Anthony Richardson the pick or C.J. Stroud and of those two quarterbacks pops in their first two or three seasons, you did pretty well in that trade.
1: Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see because they also – they just traded away their best receiver.
0: Their yeah, that's another great point. Who is yeah. this rookie quarterback in Carolina could be thrown to? Shia yeah. Smith, LaVisca Chenault, and Terrace Marshall.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people like Terrence Marshall, but he still hasn't shown us a, a lot. Uh, Matt Roll didn't like him too much. No. The O-line did did a solid job last year. The running backs played it. They still got all the running backs in Carolina. Deontay Foreman's a beast. Yeah. He's
0: another one of those backs from 2017 where there's like eight different Pro Bowl RVs.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's wild. So they, they do need to get, get a, a receiver. So after... John, after the, the first overall pick for Carolina, where do they pick next? Third round?
0: No, they've got their second round pick. Because remember,
1: they got that teeth. second
0: rounder they gave 61 is from the CMC trade. So they still got a pick in the top 40. Gosh, somewhere God. around like 38. I'm looking at that 30. right
1: now. I'm looking at that right now. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, they still have the 39th overall. Wow, I'm so surprised that Chicago wasn't able to say, no, we want the 39th overall pick.
0: Well, you know, they did grab
1: the number one receiver, so. They did, but. Usually, like it, they're kind of still, fair is fair. I mean, to uh, move up right.
0: eight spots, getting two seconds an extra first and a number of receiver, like I thought they're going to get maybe two seconds and that's it. Well, like a, a first rounder, you get maybe
1: two. maybe there. if there was a guy like a Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence, maybe you would get a much bigger draft haul. Uh, but because it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, if you want to throw him in there, John, I know you're in love with the guy. Uh, but for me, I think, I, I really think objectively, every, even if people are really high on this draft, objectively, this isn't a draft where you're like, look at these guys, you know, like, Oh my God, we're in love with these guys. It's not, man. It's, it's, it's really not.
0: That's, that's where I come from. Exactly. Next year is where I'd be okay with this, but CJ Stroud gets compared a lot to Jura Goff with more functional athleticism and top end speed. And we saw what Jared Goff for the Rams did. He was good on rookie contract. He gets that second deal, and he's not good enough. So
1: They've all just got these these rookie quarterbacks. I want to just say that. All these rookie quarterbacks that are in there, the, the the top five, I guess you would say, let's say uh, Stroud, Young, Levis, Richardson. Is there one more, or those are the, the top four that everybody's talking did about? Did you name Levis? Yeah, I named Levis. We've got Hendon Hooker. As, as no, well no, no. The, the, the four that everybody's talking yeah. about. So th- that's the four. Okay. All four of those guys, uh Levis, Young, Stroud, and uh Richardson, all have big and major questions and concerns. You know what I mean? Young size, can he hold up in the in the on the next level? We've seen Kyla Murray get injured. We've seen Tua Tunga-Vailoa get injured, Help uh, um um Drew Brees who was considered very small for at his time, six feet. He dealt with a major injury. We've seen guys of that stature and smaller get injured like that. So we'll see if he's able to convert to the next level. CJ Stroud. He's Pretend. I know, I know John doesn't like when I bring this up, but he's still got that Ohio state quarterback thing over, over his head.
0: But he won the difference. Stroud's not like a one read quarterback, like fields, like
1: he'll go through his progression it yeah, it's different. He, 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 from what I'm looking at, he doesn't run from his. Stati- I, I, I haven't seen C.J. Stroud. I'm not a big college football guy. So he, from the statistics, he doesn't run. He
0: can though when he needs to, and he, he had some big time running games. But the question with Stroud is upside: is he Jared Goff, or is he going to be a legitimate top ten quarterback? Yeah, he's, he's
1: got the size. He's got the, he's prototypical quarterback. He is a prototypical. I can't take that away from him. He is, but it's just that stigma. Of the Ohio State quarterbacks, we'll see. You know, he's playing with a bunch of elite players on an elite team. We'll see if <laughs> how you are with A-Rod the wide receiver ones. Is off yeah,
0: um, uh, with AR, it's that you can't play him day one, you cannot. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, a he's a project, project. he's, he's a, project. a boomer bust, that's what yeah. he is. And the last quarterback will, will Levis, Levis. I don't even know, <laughs> I have no idea. It's an he's, he's another one that's
1: looked at as he's the prototypical quarterback, but he's just he hasn't. Sh- and this is where I say, John, I know you say college doesn't mean anything. And people can say that. And, and we agree, like, listen, you can be bad in college and be great in the, in the pros. You can be bad in the pros and be great in college, but you still have to produce in college for us to at least get an idea of what you are. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you put out on the field. And if you, you do bad and then you end up being great or good in the pros, that, that's fair to you and, and great to you. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, hold the college against you. It's just at the time we're projecting, we're kind of, quote-unquote, scouting. And that's what you have to go out, uh, off of. You have to go off of what they put out on tape, their production. Then you go off of, like, their um, their combine work and their athleticism and their physical traits and stuff like that. So it, it takes all of that into consideration. So we'll see how these guys play out in the pros, but they've all got major questions and concerns. And, and I, I think not saying that statement, what I just said, is not – you're not being objective if you don't believe that statement because it's just – it's the truth, man. It is.
0: No one's riding or dying on this class. and I'd hope if not. I were a GM, I would not be putting my job in the line for these quarterback prospects unless it's Anthony Richardson. I have the coach <laughs> yeah, to develop. That's your,
1: that's your guy. Yeah, that's your guy.
0: So talking about some teams that have had some pretty good work from their management group, the Detroit Lions, were a team I looked at this last season, Brandon, A lot of people thought early they were right on track with the second year of Dan Campbell to win three or four games. And it wasn't necessarily looking like they're taking that big step forward in terms of wins. But they end the season. They even get into the thick of the playoff race. And moving into this offseason, they do have a lot of key free agents, but also important developments. Their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is sticking around, which is huge. But in terms of UFAs, they've got DJ Chark, who's spending some time off injury. He's a pretty huge piece, built a little bit of chemistry with Jarek Michael Brockers, Jamal Williams, who was a touchdown machine, Deshaun Elliott, Isaiah Bugs. When you look at the Lions this offseason, what do you think is the biggest need for this team, and how can they take that next step forward to winning the NFC North, not just being in the thick of it with eight wins?
1: Well, listen, um, they do have a lot of free agents, right? I'm looking at the list right now. It's a pretty laundry list. The biggest name, I think uh, – um, sorry, John, I was reading something. Did you did you go over some of the names? Um, yeah, I read over some of the bigger ones. Like Jamal – yeah, Jamal Williams, I think. He's the probably the biggest one, would you say?
0: Or no, because go. you can draft a running
1: back. I would
0: say the biggest one would probably be Michael Brockers and then DJ. Why is Michael
1: Brockers not popping up on me? Whatever. Uh. Okay. That that, that that's fair. You're running, but the running back statement, and you have DeAndre Swift, so you can always just get another running back. Um. One thing I'm going to look at. I'm looking at right now. It pops off. They have two firsts and two seconds, and that's just awesome. And I don't think they should trade any of those picks. Um. It's it's looking real good for them. I don't. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, maybe they take one in the third round. You know what I mean, like uh, somebody. Dorian
0: Th- Thompson Robinson at UCLA in the third is like a project quarterback.
1: Yeah, something like that. But I think that they like golf. I think I think Campbell likes golf. Uh, he's kind of a quarterback that you can kind of mold into your own guy. Uh, they've got the receivers. Uh,
0: didn't they have they do. Deep... Jameson Williams being healthy. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Didn't they? I'm, I'm I'm blanking. Didn't they have a tight end that was pretty good or? T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, they, trade... <laughs> they
0: traded T.J. Okay, They're going to have to pay him. He was underutilized. So. Yeah. Um.
1: there any big tight end uh, uh, projects in this draft?
0: There are. There's one Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. The guy looks like an actor. He's going to be a top 15 pick. He'll be there when they select shortly at number six. And their second first round pick, after winning nine games, it's weird to see the Lions with the 18th overall selection. But that's where they stand, right that outside is. the top 20.
1: Yep. Uh, so, where John, if you're the Detroit Lions, if you're the GM, or if you're Dan Campbell, where do you go with those two first-round picks? How, how do you play that out?
0: Offensively, I'm good at receiver. But I'm the good. interior offensive line, I think, can be built up a, a little bit more. So I yeah. look at, let's guard, say, right? right guard spot and left guard. You can definitely take that, though, with that 18th overall pick. I yeah. think at six, they're going to go defensive front Because you look at the defense, Ain't A&H Hutchinson last season – And then James Houston, as a rookie, took off seven sacks to end the season. He was lights out for them as an edge rusher. And I think the next step is getting that interior defensive end, or maybe it is another outside linebacker to pair alongside Ayn Hutchinson, like a Tyree Wilson. And this class has a lot of those really good defensive players.
1: So I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, you know, later on when we cover the Eagles. But I mean, we can talk about it now because this is a team that's been linked to a trade of a possible reunion. Do you think it would be smart if the the Lions go get Darius Slay and bring a reunion back, or you think they should stay away?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. Given where they're at as a team. Slay yeah. it's kind of funny they trade him now. He's back on the market, but I'll be looking to go younger at cornerback. he's yeah. already on the wrong side of 30. And while he has produced this last season, that was an Alliance yeah. defense that had a way better pass rush. Yeah. The Lions are developing that, but I would stay true to this timeline personally.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't think because that you I don't know what you're gonna have to give up, but I don't want to give up any of my first four picks in this draft because I just like where they're slotted. Um man, dude, if the Lions hit on these picks, dude. I'm going to say it right now. The Detroit Lions are winning the NFC North. I'm, I'm booking it right now. The Detroit, Detroit Lions North. are winning the NFC North.
0: Hot take. What's the record going to be? 10 wins, 12 wins? What are you talking about
1: here? Depending on their draft, I think that 10-11. They do have four picks in the top
0: 55. Yes. they got the second rounder from Minnesota in the back end, and they're own at 48, and you've got another in the third round. I'm in agreement with you. I think they're going to win this division, but the biggest thing is going to be building up that defensive front more and more on the interior. If they yes. don't do that, they're going to have a tough time beating the likes of Chicago, Green Bay. They're going to run the football at nauseam. We're going to set that physical tone. You need that in the North. I, I
1: I just, I agree. Uh, I, I just like where the lines are headed. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. So let's go Detroit, man. You you finally got something to uh, <clears throat> look forward to it. It, It just sucks that when Stafford leaves, this team starts to actually, you know, look good and start building around their pieces.
0: But is that really a coincidence? We see this all the time. Whether it's the Falcons moving Matt Ryan or the Seahawks moving Russell Wilson, when you get rid of the quarterback making a lot of money on average team, you get a bunch of draft picks, you get an influx of salary cap spending, and you then reset the timeline of the new head coach. I feel like that was the sacrifice you had to make to get out the route race. And I look at their team, there's one more hole to me, and that is running back, I think. Jamal Williams, touchdown machine, love his character, great leader. But I want to see him take another back because DeAndre Swiss' vision this last year was not very good. And He's he so was getting a lot him. of carries taken away from him due to that. I think in the third round, one running back, one of my favorites out of pit, Israel, on a, Israel Abinakanda Abrebanka. It's hard to pronounce his last name, but he was a wrecking ball this last year at Pitt, one of the best running backs in college football. And he's not supposed to go in the first couple of rounds. Maybe he'll fall to day three. And I think uh, a smaller back like that, just tough as nails, good top end speed, and he's pretty good in between the tackles. That's something the Lions really could add into this group, because offensively, you already have three receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, Arguably the best slot in football over just two seasons. Jamison Williams is going to take the top off. And then DJ Char can add that LR element on the outside. But you want another back in there, especially as insurance, because who knows, maybe another team out there does give Jamal Williams a contract that you're not willing to match. Jamal is good, but he reminds me of James Conner a year ago. I'm not spending six, seven million dollars to retain him. Or would you? Would you, I guess, is the question, because he is that type of leader and teammate. I'm not quite sure.
1: Would I pay that to get, retain Jamal Williams? No, I don't think so. I mean, he was a touchdown machine, but like, like we have said before, running backs are just a diamond dot. You, you can get a running back almost at any point in time. Uh, so no, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Uh, in One of the guard positions, uh, tight end position, maybe in the second round. Uh, the guard, like I said, should be one of the first-round picks. Uh, defensive line or linebacker should be one of the first-round picks. And then secondary, I think, should be one of the second or third-round picks. And I think that you're looking great.
0: Agreed, because Jeff Okuda last year played well. He needed a second corner and then uh, good at tackle, just not ideal guard. Yeah. The other team in their division is fine to mention as the other, but we are, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings this last year – won the NFC North. They won a lot of those one possession game, one possession games that they lost back in 2021. But you and I both knew they were frauds. <laughs> I mean, with Kirk Cousins, that wasn't the main issue. It was their defense with that Donatel that just refused to adapt, was super soft, didn't get after the quarterback, and the playoffs put up an egg. It was embarrassing watching how poorly they played and a change needed to be made to be safe. And so when I look at this Vikings offseason, Nothing is going to be more significant than getting Ed Donatel out that TC job and Brandon Brian Flores in the Pittsburgh Steelers who, look, in Miami didn't have the personnel, but he still made things work. So you look at this Vikings offseason, and after winning so many games, when you look at where they're headed, what's the Vikings' biggest needs in terms of personnel, and where should they go in this year's offseason?
1: is uh, um, an interesting one. I think offensive weapon wise they're good. Uh, I know they just released Adam Phelan, but listen, you got you got hey, some, Nick. huh? That that's pretty huge. It it is, but I, I think we all kind of saw it coming. Uh, if he wasn't gonna take a pay cut, you, you kind of had to just look at it and be like, it, it, it's time. He he's not producing at the level that he once was, or even close to the level. It, it's just not worth it. Um, but listen, this team can put up points, right? They've got Kirk Cousins, he's a great stat patter. They got Dalvin Cook when he's healthy, he's an elite running back. You got just
0: a stat patter, is wild.
1: Listen, he's got great numbers, dude. It's not, he's got great numbers. He's a great regular season quarterback, he's, he's got really- great numbers. Maybe that's what I should have said. I apologize. He's got great he he puts up great numbers, is what I should say. All right. He puts up great numbers.
0: Perfect stat that's disrespectful.
1: Apologies. Apologies, Mr. wonker Cousins. All right. I like that. Uh Justin Jefferson, top five, top three receiver. I mean, come on. TJ Hawkinson, he did pretty well in uh, Minnesota, but we know he's kind of got a ceiling where he's not that guy. He's he's a top ten, but his talent is really top five. But he's never gonna break into that for some reason. I, I I can't explain. He's got all the talent in the world. Um, offensive line, I guess, could do some work. Second, at Patrick Peterson. He's a free agent. They're losing him. He's played pretty well for them, surprisingly. I thought he was going to fall off a cliff when he signed with Minnesota. Zadarius Smith, I just heard. Uh, apparently, he wants out. Uh, he's demanding a trade, I think. They're going to take a step back, man. I, I They're going to take a step back. I do believe that. But I still think that they're the second best team in that division.
0: So I do agree with you. Their 13 wins last year was the high-end outcome for that team. Yeah. Offensively, I feel like TJ Hawkinson was like a sneaky third. If there was like a third-team All-Pro, he was on the outskirts of that discussion. He had himself his best season as a matter of getting that second wide receiver off of Jettas. Now, you let go of Thielen. From a cap perspective, that was much needed. But you don't have that number two in KJ Osborne. And this year's draft, you could get that, And whether it's Jordan Addison or JSN in the slot. The bigger overall question, simply, though, is you have pressing needs on your defensive end. And so do you prioritize your second wide receiver to maximize Kirk Cousins, or do you add in a younger corner into this group after last year, Lewis Stein and Andrew Booth hardly played their top two draft investments.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, if Zadarius Smith, uh, if, if, if he's gone, that's 10 sacks you had last season uh, that you're not going to have on your uh, uh, team next year. I mean, you still got Danielle Hunter. who put up 10.5. He was your leading sack uh, guy. But the next highest after this is a Darius Smith, 4-4. Four and four, with uh, um, Jones the second and uh, DJ uh, Wunu. That's not that good. So, oh, I, I don't know. I you just texted us, so I, I got distracted. Um, uh, so yeah, I I, I I don't know if you if you gave me a question, John. I I I feel like where do they, the huh? they go in the draft? Huh? Where do they go in the draft? Oh, where, yeah, I said. I mean, I think defensive line. They got the 23rd overall pick. Listen, I understand the, the need, I guess, for a second wide receiver. It's just for me, you, you have such a good offense already. You do. Like, you have enough. I feel like you can get a second wide receiver in free agency. Take that draft pick and get a young defensive player.
0: That's a great point because Delvin Tomlinson, who is one of the best defensive ends, defensive tackles in football, is a free agent, and he's going to be up for like a $12 million extension per year, along with the likes of Patrick Peterson, who you mentioned, Eric Kendricks, who's been in the past one of the premier coverage uh, linebackers, as well as Chandler Sullivan, Garrett Bradbury. They have a lot of key areas of need and also really specific free agents that they're going to have to bring back. I think for Minnesota, though, you just take the best player on the board. Because you can't look at this last season and say, okay, we're a piece away from contention. You need to overhaul that defense for Brian Flores and then add all those necessary pieces for Kirk Cousins. Because, look, I think Kirk gets a lot of disrespect by people like you that want to say he's a stat batter, and I get that. I don't think he has that poise. I don't think he has that intangible X factor that a lot of elite quarterbacks do have. But he's performed at top 12 quarterback level for the last seven, eight seasons. So you can win with Kirk it's just a matter of maximizing all of the pieces around him, the same way we talk about Jared Goff or Dak Prescott. To me, with Kirk Cousins, he's as if not more productive than those guys, and so you have to mention him in this discussion. Kirk makes your floor an eight to nine win team, but now you got to put everything in place
1: to but make years sure for John, I've never said that Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback. I got him ranked 14th in the in the NFL right now. I, I just say I don't please. think that's low. You think that's low? I guess. I mean, you'd put him over Dak Prescott?
0: What's the gap between those two guys?
1: I mean, I guess it's a pick or choose, but I'm picking Dak.
0: Based off, uh, playoff success?
1: No, I'm just asking you. who, who, Who do you prefer? Who would you rather have as your quarterback? I'd pick Dak.
0: Dak's the better pocket passer marginally. He's also the marginally better athlete. He can run, but after his ankle injury, not as much. You know, I I think I actually argue
1: Kirk Cousins is the better pocket passer.
0: I think Dak's a little bit underrated in that aspect myself.
1: Okay, well then I think that you're if he's better at at what Kirk Cousins is supposed to be better at, then you're taking Dak.
0: I think Dak's decision making this last year is red flag. And so going off his last year is not that good. You remember the
1: fourth down play?
0: Kirk against the Giants? Yeah. Yeah, throwing short of the sticks so the season yeah. on the line. I yeah. remember that. That's why I talked about that
1: lack of poise. It's like Kirk. That's I mean, bad to So I think it's you're talking yourself problem. into Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah, it was Dak Prescott, Derek Carr late play.
1: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, Kirk is around that. I mean, he, he, he I got him right next to Derek Carr and Kyler Murray. Hmm. I'm lower on Kyler than you are. You believe Kyler's top 10. I, I, I don't believe that. I don't think he's shown anything to believe that he's a top 10 quarterback, but that, 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 that's... That's fair to you. Um, but yeah, I've never disrespected Kirk Cousins. The reason I say he's, he puts up great numbers is because he is that guy. He's he's a top fifteen quarterback. He puts up great numbers, but he's just not that guy, and that's fine. Not everybody is, but he's still very good. Which is, I mean, call it, saying somebody's a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL when there's thirty two starting quarterbacks. And, and and how many uh, quarterbacks that try to get into the NFL and fail, that's pretty damn good in my book. That's reasonable.
0: And the Vikings know that. That gives them stability, but also gives them the opportunity to maybe take a quarterback in the draft as well, the way they did Kellen really? two years ago. I think there's a chance they go within the third or fourth round, another quarterback as a pet project to develop in the works for a year or two. Now, shifting gears – So, we talked last week about the Giants a little bit. We're going to preview the entire NFC East on today's episode. Now, coming to the year BC, you thought that none of these teams had a chance of contention. I thought the Eagles did. And, of course, we all felt like the Cowboys were a little bit fraudulent, even if they had a great roster, right? So, the Giants end up making the playoffs. I want to start off with them. We already talked about them, of course, with DJ and Saquon getting their extensions. They move into this offseason, though, with more for agents to resign. Julian Love, who was great for them this last season, $8 million. Nick Gates, Sean Feliciano, those are two starting offensive linemen. Along, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Sterling Shepard, three of their top receivers, and Jalen Smith, who's not particularly good in the stage, but he did start for them this last year at linebacker. They can upgrade there. When you look at this Giants offseason, what is their biggest priority? And you feel like, can they maintain last year's pace after winning 10 games, including their playoff W versus Minnesota?
1: Um. Well, let's see, right? All right, so they got the 25th overall pick. Uh, they got all their picks, one through seven. So they're looking – they've got two-thirds. Uh, I guess one of those was the a, a compensatory pick. Um. Oh, no, no. Oh, it was from Kansas City, which was a compensatory pick, but it was from Kansas City for the Kadarius-Tony trade. Uh. So, yeah, listen, the Giants had a – "Quote unquote Cinderella season, a magical season. A lot of you know, pixie dust was was sprinkled onto that season where they've got they they overachieved, and that's not me sliding him. That is just the the fact the fact of the matter. They overachieved. Um, yeah, I, I, Kenny Galladay is gone. If I'm not mistaken, he got released, didn't he? Already,
0: I have to imagine he was if he wasn't already. Right.
1: Okay, so we got Saquon franchise ten million. Um, did he? He got the. Was it you that told me he got the non-exclusive?
0: It doesn't matter. No one's thinking of that. Okay. Anyways.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> um. Trying, okay. Let me let me see who their opponents are for next season. And I can give you. Okay. So they play the. their NFC East, right? Okay. They play the NFC West, which is the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners. That's a little tough. Uh, they play the Packers and the Saints. Uh, They play the Saints in New Orleans. That'll be tough if it's in New Orleans. They play the entire AFC East, New England, uh, the Jets, Bills, Dolphins. That is, that's murderer's row. Uh, And then they play the um, Las Vegas Raiders uh, in Vegas. It's a tough schedule, man, in my opinion. So do they replicate it, John, you ask me? I, I don't think so, man. I, I think that they do regress to the mean a little bit. Uh, we'll see how they – what what moves they make. If they are able to get D-hop, a lot of pressure is going to be put upon young Mr. Daniel Jones to finally show guys like John Tortorelli and other people that Daniel Jones is that dude, a franchise guy, that John said he could be. Um so we will, we, we will see with the Giants, but I do believe that they are going to regress to the mean.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation because you pay Daniel Jones off his potential and not just the production off this last season. And they're, they've been a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries. And given the cap position they were putting a year ago, there was no expectation they would win seven or eight games. So you did overachieve massively. And in this division, your division is going to be just as good. Not a single team this last year was under 500. How often do we see that? I mean, in the NFC South, every team was under 500. And the other thing too is defensively, you keep Wink, Martin Taylor, defensive coordinator, who did a great job with really limited defensive personnel. You keep Mike Kafka as well, your offensive coordinator. But that doesn't matter because the biggest piece in the building is Brian Debel. And when you have an elite-level head coach, Brandon, that's the highest ceiling raiser outside of quarterback in football. He found a way last year with a gimmicky offensive scheme to make it work with Saquon. And so you keep Saquon in the mix. I think this year in the draft, you have to take another running back to replace him. But you also have to have that player that can spell him. Because for as great of a season as Saquon had, he was not durable by the end. And we started to see him wear down a little bit with his shoulder injury. So if I'm the Giants, my priority is this offseason. Number one, defensively, and he add more talent to that group, especially in the secondary. And then I'm looking at a wide receiver, one in the draft. I don't think they should be in the market for a trading for one. To be honest with you, you've got Wandale Robinson coming off his torn ACL. Why not just have him reintegrate back into the mix? So you, that way, by drafting two wide receivers, that way he's not just being thrown into the fire. With an older veteran that might get injured, that's where I come from with their first round pick. Wide receiver, cornerback, and you move from there. New mute again.
1: Apologies. You said wide receiver, cornerback, and move from there. Mm-hmm. So you don't think offensive line is a, a major concern? Yeah. You need Daniel that to Jones you know, was the... Daniel Jones was the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL. 44
0: sacks. Or that pressure rate came from their former top 10 pick last year, Nevin Neal, who had sloppy footwork. And that's something you have to hope develops because they believed in him when they selected him. And like many tackles, it takes a couple of years to develop that. So if he takes a step forward, and then the third round, you go offensive line, the interior. That's going to improve with more development. You have arguably the best left tackle, and Andrew, ta- Andrew Thomas, and so that right there is the most important piece. But to be honest with you, Daniel Jones last year's athleticism was able to overcome that to a degree. So it is a need, but it's, as, it's not as pressing a need as cornerback and surely as wide receiver.
1: I I mean, okay, fair, but I, I just – for a guy who is injury prone, getting sacked 44 times is not very good. Uh. I will ask you this. So I answered, I think that they're going to regress to the mean. Do you think that they can replicate where are they next season?
0: I think next year the Giants win nine games again. They overcame so many injuries. I think with Brian Diebel, he's going to help Dalen Jones take a step forward. Opposed to 22 touchdowns, he may have 27. And at wide receiver, they're going to upgrade massively, I believe. And I mean, this front office, I have a lot more faith in because Daniel Jones only has a $19 million cap hit for this upcoming season.
1: You mute it again. I'm trying to get used to this. My bad. I said I think that they're going to win a couple less games than they did last season. That's fair with their schedule. Yeah. Uh
0: and it would help if they had an extra pick they only have one extra from Kansas City in the third round at one hotel, so yeah. you do have more opportunities in the third to go offensive line uh so you've got four picks in those first two days, yeah, we'll go offensive line with two of those wide receiver with one at least maybe both, and then we'll go corner with another
1: i i i just um am um... I'm not that high on the, the New York Giants. I think that the pixie dust is 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 kind of wearing off. We'll see. We'll see about Dable. I have a lot of. I believe in so. Dable. You should.
0: Another I, team you should believe in. You didn't believe in them early coming into the year was the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they won fourteen games, went to the Super Bowl, played a great game versus Kansas City, but ultimately lost. A couple of plays killed them. And now they move into this offseason with quite a few free agents that were starting on last year's team. Defensively, they have so many that Darius Slay and his agent are working on a potential trade if he can't get the extension that he wants as an all-pro player. So you look at their current, I mean, it's a laundry list. You've got Robert Quinn, who they acquired. Fletcher Cox, who's still worth somewhere in the mid-teens. Javon Hargrave, who's worth upwards to $20 million. I think Chicago might sign him to plug up that defensive line. So there's a clear market. You have James Bradbury, another all-pro, $15 million. Isaac Samealalu, that's $12 million. Kaiser White, TJ Edwards. He's he was awesome this last season. He's gonna get upwards of $10 million, maybe $12 per spot rack. Miles Sanders made a pro bowl. He's worth up to seven million. And Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who missed a month, but he was great. He's still in his fourth season. He's worth 13 million. And so the Eagles have all of these free agents. But the good news is, BC, they have two first-round picks. And one top 10, thanks to the New Orleans Saints, who, uh, I don't know what they're doing over there, but they're surely helping out the Eagles and the upcoming year's draft class. Look, I think the Eagles need to go cornerback in this year's class. And I look at Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, himself a massive pro day. He's cornerback one, given Darius Slayson bronze out of 30. And I think James Bradberry is a little more of a scheme fit. I think the priority is cornerback, without a doubt.
1: I mean, it, it looks like they're gonna lose their top two corners, right? Um, we'll see if they keep CJ. Uh, they did re-sign Brandon Graham. So they got one of their freedoms back. Um I don't think you mentioned Jason Kelsey. Uh, I don't th- – not that I think that he'd leave. I just – he's a free agent, so you'd have to assign uh, him to a contract if he does want to come back. Having two first-round picks, I keep forgetting they have two first-round picks. The, the What are the – same? what's going on over there in New Orleans? I just, wins. <laughs> I just feel like the Eagles are going to take a little bit of a step back too just because of all these free agents that I don't think they're going to be, re- be able to resign. How many do you think that they're able to get back? Do you think that they get Brad? I don't think they get Bradbury back. So
0: this is what matters. Philadelphia's projecting cap space. It's listed
1: around $8 million. Yeah. So they're not getting Bradbury. You think they got a chance to get Fletcher Cox back or no?
0: If anyone's to take a hometown discount, it would be Fletcher. Uh, CJ? They invest a lot into him. This is what Howie Roseman's paid to do. I think CJ is going to be extended, but now you're kind of splitting hairs between him or a Darius light extension. Um, who specifically was granted permission to seek a trade? I'm sorry. I said he's working out a trade before he was granted
1: permission. Uh, Horgrave. You don't think he's coming back, right?
0: I think Javon's
1: gone. Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, this is it's gonna be tough. Listen, they're still gonna be a good team, right? I think they're gonna be battling with the Cowboys to win that division, but I think that they do take a tad step back. I, it'll be interesting to see if Jason Kelsey does retire. I don't know how he's feeling after that a Super Bowl loss. That that that's got to be a crusher. But he has won a Super Bowl, so he's already done that. So maybe he feels like. You know, I, I'm old enough. I played in two Super Bowls. I don't, I don't want to go through this anymore, which is completely fine. You've gone through the, you've done this for a long time. You're a Hall of Fame player, but maybe he does come back. So it'll be interesting to see if he does. Uh, if he does, uh, if he doesn't retire, I think he's going to be back in Philly. I think they'll work out a, a, a friendly deal. <sighs> we'll see, man. I think the, I think the NFC East is going to be a very tough division again. Um, but yeah, I, I I got my eyes on um. Yeah, well, I'm gonna get to it when we get to it. I don't spoil anything.
0: You've got your eyes on the Dallas Cowboys. So we all knew with the Cowboys this last year, Brent, <laughs> they weren't going anywhere in the playoffs. <laughs> they beat a Buccaneers team in the first round, and like they had an impressive season. Don't get me wrong. When they win a playoff game, it's a step forward for them usually, but. They do have some questions and some potential concerns, and maybe some areas that they can, let's be honest, replace, maybe develop. Because in the past, they've signed some really bad contracts. The Ezekiel Elliott extension has aged like milk. And for Dak Prescott, he got a thirty million dollar extension over four years. It was more than that, and he's been good for them. He's been a floor raiser, but in the highest levels, he showed this last year. He dealt with injuries. And he also dealt with some turnover in whatever you want to call it. You want to call it a fluky season. He had some turnover issues in 2022. And now for the Cowboys, you move into this offseason with really the expectation of contending. Do you think there's a pathway legitimately
1: for Dallas? A pathway to a Super Bowl? Ha <laughs> uh, and um... No, I don't. I, don't. I got to be honest with you. Gut feeling, no. I love that Dan Quinn is still there. Not a big fan of Mike McCarthy now calling the offensive plays. Uh, that's going to be real, real interesting. Uh, I still love Dak. I, I, maybe it's a fault of mine, but I, I just, I, I really do. I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott. Uh, I do like CD Lamb. I think he's beca- he became a true number one wide receiver last year. The offensive line is still pretty good. Um, still got Micah on the back end, Trevon Diggs, DeMarcus Lawrence. I still think that they're going to be a player in that division. Uh, I think that them and the um, Eagles are going to be fighting for that number uh, – um, the number one spot in the NSC East. But I just – I wonder, man. I wonder about this couple. I wonder about a lot of things. The free agents they've got. They've got a couple of nice free agents. That made to Anthony Barr. Anthony Brown, uh, Noah Brown, Dante Fowler, uh, Jonathan Hankins, who was supposed to be that big nose tackle signing. Uh, Jason Peters, who came off retirement. probably not that big of a deal. They, they franchised Tony Pollard, but he had that tr- terrible injury. So we don't even know when he's going to be back. Uh, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, <laughs> free agent. Um, Dalton Schultz, that's a big free agent too. Uh, he was a big safety blanket for Dak, Leighton Van Der Esch, the Wolf, and uh, Donovan Wilson. So they've got some free agent and t- Terrence Steele. The the uh, but he's restricted uh, free agent and he got injured. Um, so they got some. They got some people that want some money, and uh, I don't know how much money they got left. Twelve million,
0: roughly in cap. And now for all these teams, they can restructure some of these contracts as they have with Zeke and with Dak.
1: I think they did they did they restructure any? I th- I thought I, maybe not, maybe not. Well, I look,
0: you can check that. In this upcoming year's draft, the Cowboys have the 26th pick, their own second, their third, and their fourth. Part of the issue is not only do you have limited cap spending, but you don't have the resources to go out and upgrade out a key possession. So I look at their offseason and what they need to prioritize. Offensive line taking taken a step back in recent years. I do feel like offensively, you hope Michael Gallup can get back to that 2019 form, the guy that wasn't a 1,000-yard receiver, one of the better number twos in the game. That way you can prioritize on the defense another interior defensive lineman, really surrounding Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence with as much to stop the run and really kind of alleviating the pressure on them to be superheroes. Defensively is where the Cowboys need to hand their hat. Dak Prescott can't be the one driving you deep into the postseason, it's got to be the other way around. And I've said this before, with Dak Prescott, the Cowboys aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. It's going to be a long time until you actually make it back to the Super Bowl. And I feel like the one thing in the way is paying a quarterback that doesn't have that X factor over $30 million a season. Because it limits your, number one, your cap spending, but it also devalues your draft picks when you're picking every single season in the 20s and not somewhere in the 10s. And so he really truly is the ideal Tony Romo's successor, he's the exact same, and I like Tony. We want to hand the man, but it's been the same thing for the Cowboys for the last fifteen years, and until they can escape that rat race, BC, I think it's going to be an even even longer time until they do get back to this glorified NFC Championship game and ultimately the Super Bowl. So the,
1: the this. It says that the Dallas Cowboys reportedly created nearly $30 million in cap space on Friday through restructuring the contracts of Dak Prescott and Zach Gard. <laughs> Zach Martin. Um, so it looks like they freed up some space. Listen, they got a lot of people that, uh, you know, made some plays on last year that I don't think that they're going to be able to sign any everybody. So, yeah, I, I do think they got a hit in the draft. They've done a pretty good job in the draft. Uh, we got to give a shout-out. I think more, more since since Stephen Jones has taken over, uh, they've done a very good job in the draft. So I, I expect them to, uh, especially offensive line. I mean, if they take an offensive line, it's almost a guaranteed hit. So, but I don't think that they go O-line this year. Uh, you said you know maybe get a guy to go next to Michael Parsons. Uh, we also got to talk about Michael Parsons is going to be up for a contract very soon. He's going to be one uh, a major deal. Uh, Trevon Diggs. So again, they've got a lot of people that want money. <laughs> and I don't know. Jerry Jones you said you'd uh, you'd write a blank check to win a Super Bowl. You might actually have to <laughs> have to.
0: And that's that's kind of my thing.
1: So, Mike McCarthy
0: didn't bring in Kellen Moore. And now McCarthy's calling plays. I wonder if Jerry Jones has something to do with that. You know, they had to make somebody the fall guy, and they made that Kellen, who I thought was a good OC. Maybe he had some bad moments and bad games. But relative to other offensive coordinators, every team can complain about them. Cowboy fans, I don't want to hear about. I had to watch Matt Canada. So, the biggest thing is not going to only be him calling plays. It's also going to be the development of a Sam Williams, a defensive end they spent a second-round pick on. Because those players, they spent day two picks on in the draft. They need to develop them become day one, day two starters or year two starters. That way in the draft, maybe you do prioritize more on the offensive ends. Maybe get that extra receiver because Dak's going to need everything. The same way we talk about Kirk having to have all the weapons, the good enough offensive line and the good running game, is the way we're going to have to talk about Dak Prescott. Because in the regular season, he can drive elite level offense in a top 12 quarterback. But for the Cowboys to really take it to that next level, for it to be worth keeping on the deck, holding on to him long term, you've got to make it worth your while in the postseason. It can't just be first round exit, nine wins, miss the playoffs every other season. Because it's not worth it. Like at what point for the Cowboys, brand do you say it's time to pull the plug and trade Dak Prescott? Because it's the same way we talk about Alex Smith. Dak would be the perfect bridge quarterback, like a Geno Smith, like a Kirk Cousins. And while he's just turning 30 years old, it's not like he's leading you anywhere in the playoffs. So while there's a security of having him, if the expectations of Super Bowls and Dak gets in the way of that in the playoff crucible, why are we so certain that he should be the long-term franchise option at quarterback?
1: Well, because I think you're missing a very key component of the Dallas Cowboys and what Dak Prescott has had to deal with. Uh, He's never had a a good head coach. The head coach, in my opinion. You say Dak has held them back from winning – I think the head coach has held uh, Dak Prescott back from taking that next step, from unlocking these uh, uh, traits from Dak that haven't been uh, uh, showcased yet. I still think Dak has got a, a couple uh, couple tricks up his sleeve left, but I think that a, head coach, a great head coach has to come in and help get those out. And sometimes so, it, it does take – go ahead. So if that's
0: the case, shouldn't they have to find a quarterback that can overcome that? If that's what you know is going to be the deal, we have to deal with Mike McCarthy being an average head coach at best.
1: Yeah, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna find you, you, I mean, you're taking a big risk. You t- saying I'm going to take, I'm going to take Dak Prescott, a top 12, 13 quarterback in the NFL, trade him away, and take a big flyer on a rookie quarterback and hope, hope to God, Mike McCarthy can develop him.
0: The, Raven, huh? look, the Chiefs took a risk training up for Patrick Mahomes in the top yes, 10. Yeah. The Ravens took a little bit of a risk as well and they're starting to fall off. With the Cowboys, not that they're falling off the way that the Ravens did, Joe Flacco, but when we look at teams that go and grab franchise quarterbacks, oftentimes the ones that are good, well-run organizations know when it's time to pivot. And the ones that aren't well-run organizations
1: yeah, but John, don't know when it's time to flip the page. That's, that, that is necessarily true, but you want to know the difference between those two teams that you named? Andy Reid and John Harbaugh. I mean, like, if you think Dak, if Dak had both of those guys, I think that they'd be so much better. Like I said, I, that's why I was campaigning so much for Sean Payton or, John, or, or, or Jim Harbaugh. I was campaigning hard for both of those guys to come to Dallas. I, I hate that uh, um, Jerry has settled on Mike McCarthy, and you said, you know, Jerry has something to do. Of course he does. They've become best friends now, Mike and him. They're drinking buddies. They, they, they love talking, you know, football or whatever the hell. It's, it, it's, it's, it's sad because they've wasted uh, an honestly very good to borderline great quarterback in Tony Romo. And same thing with Dak Prescott. And I think that both guys that I just named Romo and Dak had traits that were yet to be unlocked because of their head coach being not good enough. Just, I mean, we know, we all know Jason. I mean, Jesus Christ. We were with that Jason Garrett guy. No offense to Garrett. He's a great guy, but Mr. Eight and eight, like it was terrible, man. And now you got Mike McCarthy. Who's just, I mean, last time he was calling plays, you had Aaron Rodgers coming out saying, this is an archaic system. It's not good. It needs to be changed. And now we got this guy calling plays again after, Kellen Moore, who since took over as the OC of the Cowboys, were second in yards to one the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And we changed that? No, the problem was Mike McCarthy, and you had Sean Payton. I would have given up that 25th overall pick for Sean Payton. John, do you agree if you're the Cowboys?
0: I would have for sure.
1: Yeah. thank you so i i I just or begged and begged to john harbaugh but i think we all know why those guys aren't coming i mean sean i think had a better shot because sean and um jerry are friends and they know each other they've talked and i think jerry would be willing to give him the reins john would be a much harder uh conversation to have with jerry those guys would be button heads and it probably wouldn't be good because when you got two alphas going at it it's it's not the best so but i was just I was like, come on, give Dak a quarter, a, a, a head coach that really – and if you want to hold that against him, John, that's fine, but sometimes you need that guy to really unlock it you know, for you.
0: I see where you're coming from. Now, another team in the NFC East that we don't know if they have the quarterback and we also don't know if they the head coach is the Washington Commanders. But The Commanders this last season – got off to a terrible start, but finished at 500. There's a chance they couldn't made the playoffs, but they ultimately fell short. BC, their expected quarterback coming in is Sam Howell. after releasing Carson Wentz. Now, that's a completely different video. And Taylor Heineke being set for free agency. They move into this offseason with their main free agents being Bobby McCain, Wes Schuitzer, which is starting guard. He's going to move somewhere in the mid-teens. Daron Payne, who the franchise tagged, Trey Turner, and Heineke, who I mentioned before. Given the big bad Eagles are in this division, and you've got the Giants developing as well, Brian Dable, number one, is Ron Rivera going to be able... A year ago, you are calling Ron the best coach potentially in this division. Is he going to be able to keep up? And if not, should he be gone if they don't make it to the playoffs this next season, given they
1: still don't have their quarterback in year four of the Rivera era? Uh, well, I was calling him the best coach in the division at the time because he uh, off of what he had mentioned that my he, friend. Was, he he was he was the best head coach at the time i said that um listen i like the commanders I, i'm first, let me say i don't like the commanders i think dan Snyder needs to get the hell out um i hate the name the commanders i really was on the on the um train of uh red wolves or red hogs I thought hogs fit them perfectly because of the uh, they were called, I think they were called the wild hogs back in the 80s, or uh, I believe that's what it Jones was. John Reagan's back yep. in the 80s, yeah. Um, Red Wolves is just a cool ass name. Wolves are cool, and I think they would have created a cool logo and um, um, jerseys and stuff. And they went with Commanders, which is just too long and just what the it's so stupid, man. Um, but besides that, <sighs> Sam Howell.
0: I think how let me jump in real quick. Yeah, For a fifth round pick, Hal should have been a day two selection. He's got good good athleticism. He's got a really good arm. And in his last year at UNC, he had no supporting talent. And so when we look at a lot of these quarterback prospects, when they have a terrible circumstance they're being thrown into in school, that shatters third draft stock. And we saw how versus the Cowboys, this is how I should have introduced the caught the topic. How lit up that Dallas defense. And he, well, he didn't necessarily line him up, but in his NFL debut, he made high-level throws. He got into the end zone with touchdowns. He can use his legs. He can get out of the pocket. He can extend. I think Hal has all the tools. It's really just a matter of him with Eric Enemy this year coming into the fault, building that rapport, and taking things from there to Terry McLaurin, some of these other weapons that they're trying to develop. Uh, and I certainly don't think that Howell has a lack of potential. It's a matter of tapping into that, which is the million dollar question for Washington.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I, I know about I, I, Sam. Howell was going to be a, a highly touted prospect. If he was able to come out in his, uh in, in 2020, I mean, his rookie year, he put up a, a rookie uh, freshman year, 38 touchdown, seven interceptions. Um, and then his next year, 30 and seven, but his completion percentage went up from 61 to 68 in the second year. And then you, 2021 was a down year for him. Uh First off, I got to say, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him right now from 2022. Dude, like the beard, real jealous of the hairline and the hair, real freaking jealous. He um, looks like Baker Mayfield, doesn't he? Uh, not really. Not really. His, he's got a much put-in uh, hairline. He, he doesn't look like Baker at all. Uh, he's got a really squished-in face. No offense. I'm jealous of the hairline. I'm just making observations here. Um, but in terms of Howell... Being the starting quarterback, I mean we're gonna see. Listen, you had a good game. They got good weapons. I like their weapons, right? Uh, the O line, it, it it it's got some promise. The defense has promise. You've got you've got your picks. Sixteenth overall pick. You brought in Eric Bienemi, who's now the assistant and coach and offensive coordinator. He's going to control the offense, while uh, Del Rio and um, Ron Rivera control that defense. Let, 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 let's see. I'm. I'm. I, like I said, I like the team. I like the roster. I. I, I got to see Sam Howell. I got to see it to believe it. If they can – if they ever – if they really did – like let's say they got Aaron Rodgers or something like that, I'd be much more on this trainer. If they got even Derek Carr, I'd be a little bit higher on them because they've got some some good pieces here, and I, I think that they can make some noise in that division. I do – depending on Sam Howell, they should be the third, team, third best team in this division this year. I, I'm sorry about the Giants. The I, I Commanders.
0: Just, I, the Commanders had the
1: Giants. That's your hot take coming to 2023? Depending on Sam Howell, if Sam Howell produces or they end up getting a better quarterback than him, I believe the Washington, commander, Washington Commanders are just a slight step above the New York football giants, and they are the third-best team in that division. I do believe that.
0: I'm not going to hold that against you. I think, though, this is the last year of Ron Rivera. I uh, wouldn't it be surprised season. It's a,
1: it's a make-it-or-break-a-year for Ron Rivera, yeah.
0: Chase Young's coming off an ACL tear. And it's going to take a year to get back to that level he was at, right, in his sophomore season, very early. And he even then, in his sophomore year, he was struggling, had a great rookie season, and he wasn't developing his pass rushing repertoire. So if the defense doesn't take that step forward, you can upgrade in the secondary. I'm a big Cameron Curl guy. I love his physicality. And Ken Fuller as well. They need to get the right scheme fits at cornerback. Because last year with William Jackson, it didn't work out. He dealt with the back injury. They were paying him over $10 million. The defense has a quality front seven. Talk about De'Ron Payne. And surely, Chase Young has the potential to be a game wrecker. Montez Sweat as well. If you invest the lines, that out of the ball. If the defense next year is not elite BC, I think Rivera's gone midseason. Because offensively, I think they're going to take another step forward with a better offensive coordinator. I have a lot of faith in Bienemy. And you listen to the guy speak. He sounds like a natural-born leader. Somebody that, for as much as we question if he's good in interviews, seems like somebody that can lead. I'm a fan of him. A fan of his game. I'm not necessarily fully familiar with it. It's been a lot of time with Andy Reid, but I want to see how this offense looks. I believe he's going to use Sam Howell more, some read options, quarterback keeps, little nakeds. And then with Brian Robinson getting better, he wasn't necessarily the worthy starter day one, but as the season went on, he and Antonio Gibson made it work. The offense, I think, will be good. Definitely got upgrade, though, at the interior. Trey Young's older, he's on the wrong side of 30. Small passes, Pro Bowl days in Carolina. So for, for the commanders, priority number one to me is upgrading the interior offensive line and getting an extra couple extra pieces in that secondary. Um, after that, you know, Charles Leno has been a good left tackle in years past. For a seventh-round pick, it's really going to be a matter of coaching because that game was it week 17, week 16 against the, the Browns members. They got eliminated from the postseason. This didn't come to show up. That to me was an exact indication that this team does not
1: want to play for Ron Rivera. Um, I mean, it's listen. He's, he's this is a make or break of year for Ron Rivera, and I mean they bring in Eric Bieniemy for a reason for that. If Fran doesn't get it done, uh, I think I think he understands what's what's going on. That he's he's on the hot seat right now.
0: And I hate calling for somebody's job, but have all of all the coaches in the NFL, the one to me is Brian Staley. After Staley, it'll probably be Riverboat Run. And I think he's had a great resume. Eh, went to a Super Bowl. Not the most amount of winning seasons, per se. Um, and I respect the hell out of him. Seems like a great guy and a natural born leader. But really, I keep looking back to that game. I'm checking now. Was it against the Browns? Yeah, it was against the Browns week 17 where they can make the playoffs and they don't come to show up. Once they get eliminated from the playoffs, they play spoiler against the Cowboys, but not really because they were already in playoff position with twelve wins.
1: Yep. Disappointing.
0: Now shifting gears, we've covered all four teams in the NFC East, as well as the Vikings and the Lions. In record time, only nine an and ten minutes. Do you have any trivia questions we can get on the shelf, perhaps? Because I'm looking at if I can get one for you. I might have one.
1: All right, let me let me let me look it up. Um...
0: What do I want to go with? In the meantime, I want to throw this one report out. Uh, The Aaron Rodgers deal is reportedly done if Aaron Rodgers wants to go with the Jets. And I've kind of wondered, what is the the exact trade offer? Because in my eyes, it would be what Russell Wilson got a year ago. When I look at the reports by NFL Network's Tom Pilacero, they're not giving the details. But my (laughs) prediction, BC, is that it would be 1-1 and two seconds. I don't think they're going to give up two, sec- two firsts the way the Broncos did a year ago.
1: Uh, I, you don't think they're giving up three, three firsts, just two? Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, I agree. I, I just... <laughs> What's taken, I thought the retreat was to decide if he's retiring or not. Then he had a conversation with the Packers. Then he had a conversation with the Jets. Optimistic. I thought he was willing to play now because that's what the conversation was meant to have. I thought that's why the conversations were being had. Now there's more time to decide. The trade is done. The trade's not done. Rodgers has to we – we're waiting on Rodgers to decide what's going on. Somebody help me. I'm getting lost, confused. All what right, let
0: hell? me – All right, all right. All right. That's not that. Don't do that.
1: You see what I'm saying, though? That's really freaking confusing, all these reports that we, we thought
0: – Let's just keep it this simple.
1: Why if Aaron is not happening? Gets,
0: if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets, Brandon, who is winning the AFC and is that team – One of the top two teams. Nah, that's a stupid question. (laughs) All right, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, Brandon, do they win the AFCs next season?
1: Currently, right now. No. Gut reaction, no. I agree with you. I just think it's such a tough division. (sighs) The Dolphins just... I feel like
0: everyone's overlooking Miami because of the quarterback situation, but I feel like they're going to come back even better next year if Vic Fangio and their offense, very few teams can stop it with Tua. Then I look at the Bills. They get worse in December, right? But the Patriots get better in December. So those six games in the AFC East is going to be tough. Aaron's never been that far out East. And given he's going to have to work with these young receivers, the only question they have with the Rogers to New York is – Is he going to develop chemistry the way he did it with Christian Watson and Romeo Daubes up until week 10, week 11? At that point, it was too late and a day late and a dollar short. So that's the first question. The second question is, BC, I mean, if they're giving up a first-round pick for Rodgers, they're not going to have the first-round pick to invest in left tackle where they're storing a 37, 38-year-old Dwayne Brown who's well past his days. So I don't think the Jets win that division, but if they do find that left tackle in the second or third rounds or maybe Mekhi Beckton finally stays healthy for the first time ever, I do think they can win the division. But it comes down to those two factors. And the third, Bruce Hall, being close to the same player he was pre-ACL injury because that was an elite-level running back. But you tear ACL in the middle of the season, we all know it takes a year to get fully back to that form after your return. So
1: technically two years. Yeah, I I hear you. I agree with you. I have the, um, I have it. I have the trivia. Good. These is this an NFL or, or an NBA trivia
0: this, question? This is an NBA. Perfect. NBA trivia. Know. Let's get
1: it. Why the hell? Okay. No. Come on. Man. Here we go. Okay. John Tortorelli. Can you name the top 10 steals leaders of all time?
0: Number one, John Stockton. Okay. number two jason kidd
1: okay
0: number three this is gonna be impossible to guess in order but
1: jason kidd's on the list yeah you don't have to get in an order i'll tell you stockton's number one Kidd is number two chris paul he's number three
0: michael jordan is number four lebron james is number nine now i got to think of the most durable players. So I think Sidney Moncrief, he's not on there. He didn't play long
1: enough. Are you guessing Sidney Moncrief? You can guess him. I don't think he'll be on there. No, he's not on there. Gary Payton. Gary Payton's number five. So yeah. I've had five or six players so far. Yeah, you've got four left. You've got six, seven, eight, and ten left. Doing a pretty good job, John. Alvin Robertson. No, he is number 11. Damn it. (laughs) Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not on that list. That was a bad guess. He's not even top top 40. Magic? (laughs) Magic is not on the list. He's number 23.
0: Isaiah Thomas.
1: Oh. Isaiah is not in top 10. He is number 17. All
0: right. <laughs> NBA trivia, I've guessed six out of the 10 players. Stockton, Kidd, Paul, Payton, MJ, and LeBron. Yes.
1: So I'll give you – do you want any hints or you want to keep trying to
0: – Give me one more guess until you give me the first ten. All all right? All right, go ahead. Scotty Pippen.
1: There you go. Number seven. Three left.
0: Steph Curry. No. Okay. Give me the first 10.
1: All right. So we'll go. All right. This guy. Not an American. All-time great. Andrei Kirilenko? No. I'm trying to, like, not spoil it for you. I don't want to give you the team. Don't want to give me a position either? I feel like that's going to give it away with what I just told you. I'll say... Big Man? Hakeem. Okay, yep. That's number 10. We got two left. One guy... In my opinion, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I might get hate for this. I don't think I've ever heard of this this guy, Tiny maybe. Archibald. No, maybe vaguely I've heard of him. The other guy, I, I I've heard of. You're gonna give me two more guesses until this ends.
0: Okay. Okay. Take two more guesses. So this other player that you do know, you know the name. Yeah. All right. Is he white? No. I figured that would cut down the can. It's oh man. did he play point guard? No. Did he play in the Western Conference? Uh yeah. If... Played for two teams. Two teams. Can you give me the division for one of those two teams or no? I have to look it up, go, Hold on. <laughs> yeah, no one really cares about NBA divisions. Steve Nash? I said not white. You're right, yeah. (laughs) You asked me that question. Uh, (laughs) You told him no
1: point guard. (laughs) I said no point guard. God God. damn it. Uh, He played, for majority of his career, he played in the Northwest. If it was that division back then.
0: Nate McMillan? No. Am
1: I close? He's an NBA champion. (laughs)
0: Okay, so if this guy's an NBA champion that play in the Northwest, we've got the Thunder. I already named Gary Payton. It can't be Sean Kemp. He was in the news recently. It can't be Portland because Clyde Drexler. Are you guessing Clyde? That was my last guess. Oh, no, that's not my last guess. So I feel like this guy played in the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. But they won an NBA title in the 70s. Bill Walton didn't play long enough. Oh, man. Can you give me uh, Portland Trailblazers, a yes or no?
1: He did play in Portland. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I want to guess Rasheed Wallace.
1: One-time NBA first team.
0: But Rasheed playing the Celtics now. Rasheed playing more on two teams, not camp. He played in the Hawks too.
1: Ten-time All-Star. It might be Terry Porter. He's on the seventy-fifth anniversary team.
0: It's not Dame because this guy played on one team or uh, two teams. Not a point guard either. So
1: the greatest Blazer He was on the dream team in ninety two. Clyde Drexler. It's Clyde Drexler, as yeah, okay. you said his name. You didn't want to yeah. say it. Do you want to take a shot in the dark at the last guy? He's the 6th guy on the list. He's got a what funny era? Name. uh oh god, hold on. I don't I don't even know. He's got a funny last name though. You should be able to look it up. I am. Um He played from 78 to 93.
0: Okay, I feel like this is somebody from like the Boston Celtics.
1: He played in the Eastern Conference. Oh. His entire career, actually. Oh, well, one team he played in the Western Conference for a year. Did he play in the Celtics? No. I'm thinking of like
0: God Sham God.
1: This is a point guard, too, John. Defensive guy. Defensive Obviously guy. Defensive Eastern
0: guy. Conference point guard. Yes. All right, so.
1: NBA champ. I probably so have heard of this guy very, very vaguely.
0: Oh, he might have played in the 76ers, yeah. Oh, he played in the 76ers. <laughs> okay, this guy was a former head coach, point guard.
1: Yeah, he is a former coach. Yeah. He's got a funny last name. His name is right on the tip of my tongue. surface. Oh, you don't want it to be on the tip of your tongue.
0: No, I want on the
1: mic projecting.
0: What's his name? He was a former
1: head coach. His last name is a body part. All right. I love body parts. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) Okay. All right. I remember this head coach. He was called out for not being invested in the team.
1: He's a hall of famer. Yeah. Oh, BC. I'm know, so close, but I'm so far. He's an assistant on the Chicago Bulls right now. Give me a pot of gold.
0: I said dig underneath the surface. I feel like I'm not going to get it still. You got to put me on a timer for a minute. Oh, man.
1: All right. You got one minute.
0: NBA all-time studio leaders. One minute or less. BC has me. Nine names down. One to go. Former head coach, body parts. Hell, I'm about to mess around
1: things <laughs> it turns off. Man, BC is tough. <laughs>
0: If I don't get this, I'm gonna drop a tear, my man.
1: Body part. Thirty seconds left. Oh no, John. Can you get it? Bum. Dun oh, dun 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 dun
0: dun dun Can you give me like a like a initial or something like that?
1: All right, last hint with ten seconds left. MC. Five Mo Cheeks. Yes, Maurice Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> With a second to so
0: Brandon, ah, oh man. That doesn't even really count, but it does. I got all 10. It does. Mo Cheeks. I was thinking of, like, hands, arms. I'm so relieved I got that. Mo Cheeks, Cheeks sixth all-time in scoring. I felt like somebody from that Philadelphia team. No, Brandon – would you rather have an NFL or an NBA trivia question? Because I'm thinking of an NBA one, but.
1: Whichever one you think would be. Whichever one you think is going to be better.
0: Would you prefer. A quarterback stat. Or a point guard stat. Quarterback. Okay.
1: Is this all time or is this current? We're going to do. Oh,
0: I've got a. That, that's going to be too hard. It's going to be passing rating, but that'd just be literal quarterbacks today. NFL all time passing. No, we're going to do NFL all time interceptions leaders. Yep. Okay. Top 10 Top NFL 10. interceptions leaders. Brandon?
1: Yeah. You got uh, the list?
0: I'm looking at cornerback uh, interceptions, quarterback, okay. quarterback. All right, BC, I want the top 10 all-time quarterback interceptions leaders. Let's get it. All right. um, Brett Favre's on that list. Brett Favre is number one with 336. Eli Manning. Eli Manning, actually, is not in the top 30. He is all the way down. What? That can't be right. No way. Oh, sorry. Eli Manning is 12th. I missed him.
1: 12. Oh, he's not even top 10. Damn it. Um, Peyton, his brother Peyton is ninth with a total of
0: 251. Oh, sorry, John Roethlisberger. Ha, Big Ben's 23rd. Oh.
1: 211.
0: Wow, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is he's actually 25th. What the hell? All right, is Tom Brady on this list? He is right above Ben at twenty-two.
1: Okay, this is. Um... All right, now you're throwing me for a loop because I'm naming all these quarterbacks that played for a long time. Drew Brees.
0: Drew Brees is thirteenth, one below Eli Manning with two hundred forty-three.
1: I'm
0: not going to lie to you.
1: Interceptions here. does does Brett have at number one? He has
0: 336. This is going to be a little bit harder because, truth be told, half of these guys are pre 1990, pre murder. We've got one that played 1949 and 1975. Otto Graham? No, he did not oh. play uh, that long.
1: Is Terry Bradshaw on this list? <laughs> I
0: don't
1: think He, he is long,
0: 24th. Okay. This well. is really hard. See, that's yeah. what I'm trying. I'm
1: trying to think of quarterbacks that played a long time, and back in the day, they didn't play. So I'm like,
0: I'll be honest with you. You've got to think of like some random quarterbacks because this is almost impossible. I wouldn't guess more than six of these guys.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm right?
0: standing you up to fail. Stallback is not on that list. Stallback is all the way down at. uh
1: Yeah, he's not even in the top twenty-five. Is it any of the quarter did any of these quarterbacks play in the eighties and nineties?
0: Yeah, so two played in the eighties. One's not a premier quarterback, though. The other one is. Dan Marino? Dan Marino Brandon is eighth on the list of two hundred and fifty two. One spot above Peyton at nine with two hundred and fifty one.
1: God damn, I only got three. Oh my goodness. Um Troy Aikman on that list? Troy Aikman is not. Damn it.
0: I'll give you a hint. One of these guys playing the Vikings where Fran Tarkenton? Yep. Fran Tarkenton, number four. I was an easy one, honestly. They gave you too easy hints. hint. Or sorry, God. he's number five.
1: I was actually I was, he was on my mind too. I just didn't know if he played long enough. Um once you said Vikings, I was like, okay, I'm taking another one shot. of these guys. First overall pick played for seven different teams. That's an amazing hit. All right, give me the year he, he, he got picked first round because I'm not I... – 87. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> – Yeah, <not> at all. <laughs> seven teams. Was he at least like a winner or he was a
0: – He played uh, for the Browns in the playoffs. back He played – He's also a a Jet, too, and a Patriot. While you're pondering that one, I'll give you another. This guy, all-timer, golden arm.
1: Golden arm. All-timer.
0: Actually, it
1: was golden boy. Oh, Montana? Golden boy. it was golden arm (laughs) he's an all-time like consensusly he's an all-time great quarterback
0: yeah but he's historic
1: like top 10 or
0: yeah i'd say so to some people he's uh higher but really so listen this he is one spot above murray now and two spots above peyton manning He's two interceptions above Manny and one interception above Dan Marino. So he's just edging them out here at number six. What seven.
1: year did this guy play?
0: Well, he played from 56 to 73. Pittsburgh-born, three-time <laughs> AP MVP. Engineered the two-minute drill. Oh man, BC, I'm disappointing you. Former Steeler, even.
1: Former Steeler?
0: For a brief period of time where he's drafted by them. Five time, or no, four time passing leader, four time TD leader. All right, another one of these guys, he actually played in the NFL championship. He beat him, that guy. <laughs> uh, I can't give you the team, but he played in the. It's- Namath? Forty to the sixties. Who's that? Namath. No, but oh. you're on the right track. If you think of New York's best quarterback before Namath, I'll give you number ten.
1: Oh, okay, that's not
0: gonna happen. <laughs> um, we can cut it. I can give you a more realistic one because this is this is impossible. This,
1: I mean, you gave me one of the. Time. I thought this was gonna be much easier. I was like, okay, but all those quarterbacks that I knew, I thought they were up there.
0: They didn't throw enough interceptions, unfortunately.
1: I guess not. I, yeah, I'm. I'm drawing a blank. I, I, I got.
0: All right, I got... number two, he was drafted by the Bears, but he's best known for the Raiders in the '60s, and also the Oilers in the early '60s. You
1: say Raiders, Kenny Stabler, but it's not Kenny Stabler. <sighs> this
0: guy was to- Brent, He was tossing around. One season, 42 interceptions. So, I mean, like, he really caught up ground. He was the leader before Brett Favre.
1: I don't – I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm back. Right. – I'm tossing in the white flag on this one. You're tossing it in?
0: Yeah, so that one.
1: you guessed Brett Favre number one, yeah. Dan Marino
0: number eight, Peyton Manning number nine, and Fran Tarkington number five. I got four. Yep, 4 out of 10. Now, Brandon, this is a pretty hard one. Number 2 is George Balanda.
1: Oh, I've heard of him. I would have never got
0: that. Number 3, you probably weren't going to guess this one, playing in the 60s, less known, John Haddle,
1: 268.
0: But he is uh, an AFL champ, six-time Pro Bowl. Never heard of him. Number 4 is someone that I'm reportedly related to. I don't know if that's true. This is the guy that played on seven teams Vinny Testaveri. Oh, Yep. I didn't think he played long enough. Yeah, his, no. his name went through my head, but I didn't he played think for twenty he played. years. Damn it. We got five, six was tough for one. I didn't think you're gonna get number six. That was Norm Snead of the command of the Commanders in the '60s no. and the Eagles. That was pre Ron Jaworski uh, yeah. in the in the early '70s. Even number seven. On this this is where I was really disappointed. My top five quarterback. Johnny Unitas, you missed. Oh, I was
1: That's trying funny. to think who the because all I could think was Staubach. I was like, "There's another quarterback that was played there," and I'm like, "I just can't get Staubach out of my freaking damn it." United
0: number eight was Marino. Nine Peyton. Ten the best quarterback pre Namath in New York history.
1: Why a title? Yeah, I never heard of him. Actually, I think I've heard Laging. of him. I think I heard of him in Madden. All timer. Yeah, I did. You got me on that one.
0: That was pretty unreal. I, I went in coming in with the impression that those quarterbacks didn't throw so many interceptions. Yeah. Because they're playing in less games, Brandon.
1: They're and playing it wasn't a, passing league. a season. And they still caught up so much ground to pass up Roethlisberger and Rivers. And I it wasn't a passing thought. league. I don't that, – that made no sense to me. The fact that Brett Favre got up there is crazy.
0: Yeah, Brett Favre, uh, he played for 20 years. That's the reason
1: why. Oh, yeah. uh, man, I'm shocked, though. Favre, I mean... Yeah, John gave me the toughest freaking. I didn't even... Like, man, oh, Jesus I, Christ. That was tough. That was a tough performance. I didn't play, I didn't get you guys.
0: Now, Brandon, you're a little bit more familiar with um, guys like George Blondes and Vinny Testaverdi. Let me give you a more re- reasonable one.
1: Give me another more reasonable. I've heard of those guys. I just...
0: So, one that I've always pondered, since you're a Patriots fan, I want to put you to the stress test. It's the Patriots' all-time leaders. Maybe I can't pull this up on my phone. I'm sure I can. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do.
1: All-time leaders and
0: what? And win shares, I think, is the stat.
1: And win shares?
0: So, basically, like, who played the longest and won the most games? Um, Okay. Let me double-check to make sure it's, like, viable. And if I can't get that, I'm going to hit you with something just super simple. Like, I don't know. 2 That's actually kind of a tough one. Can I pull it up right here? Man, this is embarrassing on live to not have it fully prepared. It's okay. Uh, is there any news while I'm, like, failing to
1: get you a, a prisoner? Let's check the Twitter, Twitter machine. Um... In terms of sports, I'm seeing nothing. Perk. I don't know. Who's the here. Oh, I guess soccer or something's trending. I don't watch soccer. Apologies. Casemiro. Fine. Brandon Marshall, the, the the thing I told you about before the show where he asked Rodgers about if he's coming. And Rodgers said, uh, uh, stay tuned, something soon, something like that. I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Like, it's taken so long.
0: Okay, so I'm miserably failing to find this. (laughs) Okay, I've always seen it before in
1: football reference. Um, Oh, football reference. I didn't even know there was a wind chairs for uh, for football.
0: Yeah, it's, you know,
1: apparently doesn't exist (laughs) in my mind. I thought you were... It's more of a basketball thing. Do you want me to switch it up and give you a basketball set? Is it going to be the point guard one? It was
0: going to be um, top 10 point guards all time in points per game. Points per game. Do you want that?
1: I don't know. I feel like I'd be better in a football one, but
0: yeah, you know what? I want to make you the football guy. Um I wanna do the basketball questions, and that way we won't be doing the same sport. This is a football episode. So here's what I'm gonna give you, Brian. Okay. The top 10 all-time NFL passing yards leaders. Now here's the here's the catch. I have to look it up first. Okay. NFL all time. This is going to be a lot more reasonable because you're not going to be having to rip players out from the 70s, you can't recall. Okay, So all 10 of these guys, Brandon, played post-merger. So this is a lot more reasonable. Yes. But I'm only going to give you three wrong guesses. And I can honestly give you two because this is kind of kind of easy. Okay. Go. Brady. Tom Brady's number one. Peyton. Uh, Peyton's number three.
1: Maurice.
0: He is number two. Favre. Favre is number four. Marino. Marino is number eight.
1: Roethlisberger.
0: Ben's number five. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers number six.
1: We got three left.
0: You've got number seven, number nine, and
1: number ten. Um, I'm just thinking, did Rodgers play long? I know he's he's close. I don't know if he's in there. Seven is a former
0: number three overall pick out of Exton, Pennsylvania. Hmm.
1: Get him, mom. Um, freaking. Um, these aren't guesses. These are just me. Rodgers, Eli. It's not Montana. He didn't play long enough. Steve Young didn't play long enough. Kurt Warner didn't play long enough. Romo didn't play long enough. Matt Ryan did. Matt Ryan do it. Is Matt Ryan in there?
0: I don't know if Tony Romo's in the top 100. (laughs) Is he?
1: I'm I'm just names in my head to get myself rolling. Mm, I'm gonna go Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan on that list? Matt Ryan is number seven. That was (laughs) he was the okay. So I got two left. I'm gonna take a shot. Aaron Rodgers is he number nine? All right. So what number am I missing? Number ten.
0: He's gonna be passed up by another
1: player. uh, That obviously (laughs) number ten. And I still have my two X's. What was your wrong guess? I didn't get any wrong. Oh, you gave me three wrongs? Oh, okay. I thought uh, you were
0: technically, giving... I gave you three. Yeah. Uh, okay, I made a mistake three, myself. Three you got two, two wrongs. So this oh, player
1: God. has been traded. Has been traded? Technically. Eli Manning. Why did I give that hint? That I don't so know why you gave it to me. I was going to guess Eli as one of my... Why did I say three. technically? That was the worst. That would have been an amazing hint if I didn't say... Let's that. go! That was a
0: stupid response, John. Golly. So With all that being said, that's going to wrap up episode number 84 of the Wise Guys podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Staying to the very end. You can follow us on Twitter. And also, if you enjoyed the show and you wanted to get more of it, you can even get on the show yourself. You can submit questions. You can get shout-outs. You want to start doing a little bit more of the Q&A. So at the end of the show, we can kind of do roundtable discussions, get the people involved. So it's not only Twitter. It's not just Discord. Discord, another thing you can get, if you head over to Patreon.com, if you would like to support the show. You don't have to. You can just share with a friend, and we greatly appreciate that. But these are our Twitter links. We're going to get Jay Ray right back, represent number 85. And, dude, we're even doing this for 8 months, 9 months, upwards to 10 now. We're getting close to episode number 100, so we want to do something pretty cool for the subscribers. or upwards to 400. We want to do more lives. We have to get Jerry set up with a new MacBook, though, so that we're ready to go and launch that. Because once you start going live every single time, I think these discussions, the Q&As, are going to be a lot more fun, a lot more interactive. That way it's not just Patreon access, but it's you join us to the lives, you can submit questions, and we'll answer them on the show. we got two people with us right now. Honestly, Brent, that might be me, but you know, here there.
1: I do. I do would love I would love to do a, uh, an actual maybe we can get it done for the 100th episode. Maybe not an, an actual live episode where we're all in person together. Uh, maybe something we we will discuss off air. But yeah, 100 percent. I, I I love this. So let's keep going, guys. Let's do this together. Let's have some fun. Let's 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 debate. Uh, I love debating. So hey, we've got
0: three people in here. Shout out to you guys. Like up the stream. Chris. This is awesome, man. Got to get more, more people on this joint.
1: See you guys on episode ocho Shout out, Chad. We're going to be talking free agency. Uh-oh. I-, I'm, I love free agency. The moves. Schefter, Rappaport going at it.
0: Love Next time
1: it. we record, NFL free agency
0: technically starts tomorrow, BC. What it's free great. agent do you think is going to shock the market the most? With where it goes. Who's... The tampering period starts tomorrow, but it's really the 15th. Who's going
1: to shot
0: We've got Lamar. We've got Aaron Rodgers,
1: who's included. Okay. Well, if they're included... Obviously, the Rod... I mean, you said shock, so the Rodgers move isn't going to be shocking because we're all expecting it. I'm trying to think. Is there any any other big-name free agents? I mean, there's Odell. I don't know when he's going to get signed, though.
0: Javon Hargrave, Roquan Smith got extended. Javon Hargrave, and as mentioned, Orlando
1: Brown. hop to the Patriots. Speak Can it into move? existence. Speak it into existence. Let's-
0: Mine is Tremaine Edmonds, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh I God. think Pittsburgh's going to get the off-ball linebacker they've been craving for five years. Sixers. Ryan Shazier, you're my king, but we haven't been able to replace you. Devin Bush, good riddance malice i think will be an eight million dollar cap casualty pittsburgh brandon has been starved of two things that's a reliable running game which we've had semblances of but not quite enough of the second thing is a linebacker can plug the gaps gets to the quarterback and will bring some coverage ability that jack couldn't quite bring and i think for pittsburgh a team with upwards of 25 30 million dollars in spending tremaine edmonds Reuniting with his brother Terrell after both of them are on the rocks coming into the season would be perfect for Pittsburgh. You extend Terrell, you extend Cam Sutton, and you move into 2022 2023 with an elite defense that nobody can score on because we have the best edge rusher, one of the premier linebackers, and the best safety. But get this we have the 17th pick and we have the 32nd that we can invest into the top 10. We can trade up for the number one corner in the class or we can get a premier edge rusher. Pittsburgh is where Tremaine Edmonds is going, and he's going to reunite with his brother. And I'm telling you, it's not only going to happen, it's going to shock the ASU North when they can't run on us next season.
1: Move does nothing, John. Y'all are still going to be stuck. It's okay. But DIA have a
0: mobile quarterback on a rookie contract, and you don't.
1: D-Hop, hey, man, you see Matt Jones roll out of the pocket, man? Yo, he was freaking wheeling and dealing, baby.
0: Now he can, but he's no Kenny Pickett.
1: It doesn't doesn't need to be Kenny Pickett. We're going to have D-Hop, and you won't, so.
0: We've got George Pickens and Pat Farrell.
1: D-Hop's better.
0: They're younger and cheaper. Doesn't matter. With all that being said, you got the Twitter links. Head us up in the comments. And also, let us know, what team do you want us, what division do you want us to preview next in the NFC? We've done the NFC East, and we've done the NFC North. We've only got two left, the South and the West. With all that being said, I want to thank you for watching, staying to the very end. And as always, we'll see you next time.
1: Stay classy.